Good morning and welcome to Faith in Flagler. My name is Brian McMillan. I'm your host and I'm also the publisher of the Palm Coast Observer and Norman Beach Observer newspapers. And I have in the studio with me today, Eric Brown, who's principal at Christ the King Academy in Palm Coast on US1. Hi, Eric. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Brian. We appreciate it. Very good. And sitting next to Eric is Wendy Wright, director of the Early Childhood Center at Christ the King, King Academy. Thank you, Wendy. Absolutely. Thank I you. You guys are excited to be on the radio. Absolutely. I guess. We're so excited. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad to hear that. So, um, so thank you for listening to Faith and Flagler because building faith strengthens our community. And I think that having a school in the studio is, I think, a good illustration of, of that, the connection between the faith community and or the, the, a faith group and the community as a whole. So I want to talk more about that kind of connection. Um, thank you to Douglas Property and Development for supporting this show and also Big John's Appliances and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates for helping to um, pay for the production of the show. So let's talk a little bit about Christ the King Academy. It sounds like, Wendy, you've been there from the beginning. I have. 16 years, going on 17, you just said, off the air. And you said that it started in a garage. Whose idea was that to uh, start this academy? Um, Becky and Phil Humner years ago came and they started it. And I just happened to be looking for a Christian school, which was very important to myself and my family, for my son, for VPK, and happened to run into Christ the King Academy. And at the time, I enrolled him and we fell in love with the school, and then they offered me to teach there. And so that's kind of how it all started. So was it a garage or a school at the time? No, (laughs) it it was a garage that transitioned into a school. It had two classrooms. We started with only one three-year-old classroom and one VPK classroom. When you talk about a garage, you're talking about at someone's house? No, a garage as in um, that's what it is now off of the US one. Yeah, it it was a big warehouse that we put classrooms into. Okay. Um, and so what was your, um, what was your children's experience there? Like you stuck around. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I can tell you that my son who started there, um, went to a Christian college Hmm. and he is very, um, deep rooted in his faith to this day. And that's one of the things that is, is so important to us as a family that what you, what you teach when they are young, they carry with them throughout life. Mm -hmm. So that was very important to me. Teach a child in the way he should go. Proverbs 22, (laughs) six. And he will not depart. Absolutely. Is that what it it says? Okay. So you, did you grow up in a faith? In a faithful family, I guess you could say. I did. My grandparents were a very big part of that. I can remember um, as a little girl, my grandmother played the piano at um, church. And I can remember the very first song I learned was Jesus Loves Me. And as an early childhood director, that's so important to me to be able to instill that value in other children to know no matter what that Jesus loves you. And so that's extremely important, as is um God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's very important to me, and that's the Bible verse that I make sure that everyone that, that continues through with CTK or leaves CTK, they, they have that in their heart. Yeah. So um, how about you, Eric? Like when you were younger, um, where, did you, where did you become 
um, or develop your own faith when you were younger? Sure. From, from early on, um, every Sunday, uh, my family was in church. We sat on the right side. I have three brothers and a sister. Mom and dad were all there every Sunday. It was same never, pew. Same pew. That's what you're supposed to do. Is that right? <laughs> I, I, I think Science a lot of churches seat. probably are like that. Like, <laughs> yes. They're not really assigned seats, no. but you know to avoid the ones that... Exactly. And everybody knew where the Browns were going to be each Sunday. <laughs> but that was that was kind of how I was brought up, which was a real, a real neat thing for me as a child, um, knowing Jesus from little on. Uh, I went to kindergarten through uh, finishing college in Christian schools. Uh, mm-hmm. And and now becoming a Christian educator is just a, a fulfillment of what I've been working on and what my, my mom and dad really set me off on the right way early on. So when I'm older, I wouldn't depart by God's grace. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I'm, I'm familiar with that verse as well. And I think that it gives a lot of parents some comfort, mm-hmm. especially in times of what can be incredible heartache. Hundred percent. You know, for when when you have say, you know, maybe it's pretty easy to like drag your six year old to church, mm-hmm. or or whatever. But then when they get to be ten and twelve and fourteen, and it becomes a little bit harder to quote unquote drag your child to church. And sometimes they're not less and less interested. And the more you talk to them, the less interested they are. So what do you do in that situation? You're dealing with young people all the time. What what do you do in that? Have you ever had parents? console or confide in you that they're having trouble, you know, convincing their children to participate? Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and I think starting early on and, and making, you know, helping kids understand this isn't something we have to do. This is something mm-hmm. we get to do. Mm-hmm. We think about when he mentioned the passage, God so loved the world. How do we respond to an incredible gift? We respond to an incredible gift by worshiping an amazing God. Um, and this is what we get to do as a family on Sunday morning. And, and, and Sunday morning from whatever to whatever is a non-negotiable time for us. Um, and, and it's starting early on as a passage, that passage from Proverbs, King Solomon is really talking to parents, not to teachers or principals or directors, but he's talking to parents. Start early. Um, if you're starting at age 14, is it impossible? No. Is it going to be more difficult? Absolutely. And you're going to have to be more intentional and resolute. Uh, but... But establishing, you can call it a habit, but it's a healthy spiritual habit mm-hmm. um, and, and the right motivation. Um, yeah. I want to do this because of what he did for me. Right. And that's how I was brought up, too. I had, we were in, you, you know, row five or so in my, in my congregation growing up. Um, but, um, you know, I, I have nieces and nephews who were the same and now basically want nothing to do with any kind of church life whatsoever. And um, that is a really hard thing. Like I've talked to my own siblings whose children are in that in that situation, and it feels kind of like the end of the world, you know, to a parent sometimes when when they see their teenager kind of uh, stray away. So, um, how do you reconcile that reality sometimes with like with with that verse and and with you know the you're trying to keep hope. I think that's the seed that God plants. I mean, everyone goes through trials and tribulations, and sometimes some of those hard times is is how God really brings you back to him. I know raising teenagers, um, 
I had a daughter who went through some really tough times in high school, and when it got to those tough times and she didn't know where to turn to was in those moments that she did turn to God, Mm -hmm. and she did have trust, and she did have faith, and I think sometimes you have to let go and let God because he ultimately has the plan and and has has planted that seed. We just get to help that seed grow, and that's truly the blessing. you know, and, and she's works at Christ the King now as a mm. almost twenty year old. So I, I think as a teenager, they're all going to go through that. But for us, we we got to keep them on that path, and and also trust God because at the end of the day, that's who has them. Yeah, and Eric, you just mentioned before that 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 verse is directed to parents, <laughs> um, which is a little different from the educators, which you are. So how, how do you kind of keep that in mind? Where like you're 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 so invested. You know, you love the kids who are there, but in the end, like you need, I'm sure you need, you're sort of trying to be partners with the parents and not keeping the burden all on yourself. You hit the nail on the head, Brian. Um, that's what we do. We partner with parents. We, we make it an effort. When we meet a new family, we, we are collaborators and our objective, and we, we, we are very transparent. Our objective is to see you and your children in heaven someday. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. Um, and so we're going to, you know, Christianity, um, living our faith is not done in a vacuum. It's all day long. And what makes Christ the King Academy unique is that from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. And the kids know that. And the even parents, when you're doing math, even when you're doing math, how do you do math and <laughs> Jesus at the same time? Well, so you know, those are questions that middle school students ask. And, and here's something to throw back at them. Did you ever think of how incredible it is, our creator's design, that every circle and its diameter have the same ratio? doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. We call that pi. Accident? Or by design, and I think it's by by the design of our, our loving Heavenly Father. Um, triangles are the same thing. We have a base 10 math system. What, what a blessing that God allows us to use that instead of imagine if we counted in base 2. It can be done, but I wouldn't want to teach multiplication tables with base 2 math. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, is, that, is that shoehorning it in? Is that forcing it in? Maybe a little bit, but it's still it's part of God's ultimate plan. Um, and his design for an orderly creation. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, Wendy, you you, uh, you started this. You started working there 16 years ago. And how has the school changed and developed in those years? Well, we definitely have a lot more children now. We have more than more than our two classrooms. How many? How many total people are at? We have a total of 280. Um, 88 in our early childhood center. So it's grown tremendously. Um, you know, one of the one of the blessings of our school, and you asked about um, education with with the youngins, is forgiveness, and everything is done through Christian love, and that's something that we try and instill with our partnership with our families. That's what we instill with with our children, even as young as one and two. I mean, these children are going home singing songs: "Jesus loves me," "My God is so great." Um, I am Jesus' little lamb that these parents have sometimes never heard before. So we have such a great platform and message that we're able to share. And it's coming from the mouths of children, which is is such a blessing. And when the parent of a three-year-old says on the way out, Mr. Brown, she won't let us eat until we pray. (laughs) 
<laughs> we know that there's something happening. And a little see? child shall lead them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, again, your own. I'd like to hear a little bit about your own personal journey. You said you brought up in church um, and everything, but everybody has to decide whether they're going to stick around in church um, at some point. And so I'm just wondering, like, what was that like for you? You know, you had to make a decision at some point. When, when did that happen for you? Well, for me, I think I'll go back to my, my parents made the decision for me when I was unable to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those truths stuck. And Wendy mentioned, um, sometimes life gets difficult and life get, got difficult for me in high school for a few reasons, family reasons and things. And what did I have that was sure and certain? It was what God said in, in his word. Um, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And even when it felt like that was happening with the horizontal things, the vertical relationship with God didn't change. And and by God's grace, encouragement from other Christians, other people who who took on that role of training a child, even when I was a young man, you need to become a teacher. You need to become a teacher. And without encouragement, I don't know what I would have become, but it was it was godly encouragement and I've been in edu- I'm in year 33 right now for education and no looking back it's just it's been a it's been a blast and a, and a real joy and privilege to get to do what I get to do. When you talk about a, um teachers influenced you is that right? is that what yeah, you're saying? Not just teachers. Teachers yeah. teachers but then also people who I worked with who realized there was something more to life than just going punching in and going home. It was they knew what they saw gifts in me that I may not have seen in myself yet. Um, who, who are you, who are you referring to? I'll, I'll refer <laughs> one guy. So I I worked for a garbage hauling company in high school. Okay, and the the now we're talking we're now, looking for these personal details. <laughs> okay, most, most of the students know about this, but that was my that was my career path in my mind from kindergarten on. I want to be a garbage man when I grow up. Um, and my mom would smile and say, sure. Uh, but, but when I worked for this company, uh, Tom Jones was a head mechanic and, and he just kept on, he said, you got to keep doing what you're doing. You got to keep, got to keep preparing for what, what you've been gifted to do. And I don't know that he used the word gifted. He mm-hmm. said, you have those abilities. He saw something in me that sometimes young people can't see in themselves. Others did. And he was a real encourager. Another encourager was a guy by the name of Dan Schmeling. Um, uh, he, he knew me in high school. He was uh, a principal of another high school, but he, we got to know each other, and he would encourage me. Um, a track coach from high school encouraging me, stick it out. Um, stick what out? Exactly. Stick out the educational plan because sometimes getting from high school through college, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of distractions in the way, yeah. and you look at different things. And, and fortunately um, – I continued on, and my mom encouraged me as well. So did my father. But it was those other people that sometimes moms and dads get tuned out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was other people. It was like, huh? Mom and dad say this, but so is Tom, and so is Dan, and so are some other people. So maybe it is something to to continue on. Um, yeah. So Wendy, when you're dealing with children at the school, do you feel like sometimes you can say things that will impact them in a different way from what a parent would? I don't know that I should would say it would impact them differently than a parent would. I would hope what I would say we've helped our parents have that same relationship with them. 
I know that at the early childhood center, our biggest thing is kind hands, kind word, kind hearts. Mm-hmm. I say that many times a day. And again, it's, it's just reinforcing that Christian love of, of kindness and also the Christian love of forgiveness. You know, we're talking about two, three, four, and five-year-olds. We're learning to share. We're learning that, you know, we don't use hitting hands. We use kind hands. And, and how can we be the good neighbor and the good Samaritan and help our friends? So those are really what we're teaching above and beyond the academics, which is so important. Um, I've had conversations with, with parents that are like, what can I do? How can I help? And, and we have done those kind of things. And I think that that carries over in the home as well. What do you think it means to be able to, like, if you're in a, a different school, and I went to public schools, and, you know, that, it was a great experience for me, but in a, in a church school setting, what do you think it, it, it does for you as educators to be able to use a Bible teaching in that kind of a practical situation where maybe in a in another setting, you would be the power of really prayer. criticized. You know, the you- power of prayer, hundred percent. I, if I have a friend that comes in my office, let's pray about it. Do you, do you want to ask God for some help and guidance today? And this starts as early as as those young age and, and goes through eighth grade. Um, we can pray. We can ask God for help. We can ask God for guidance. I think that's so important. So, someone would a, a student maybe would come into your into your office and ask. For help with something, sure. And you would say, "Let's pray about it first. Absolutely. And what does that what does that do in that situation? How does that help? Well, I think it definitely calm, calms their heart, calms their soul, and they know that they always have someone with them. With if when mom and dad's not there, and and they're super sad that maybe it's going to be a tough day because they have a little bit of that separation anxiety, they do have someone that's always there with them, and that's God. Mm-hmm. And we make sure that they know that He is always with you. He never leaves you. And no matter what, you can always talk, stop and talk to God. Yeah. So what about you, Eric? You're walking through the hallways and someone is stopping you. How do you think your interaction with them where you are, you know, you know your goal is uh, spiritual, not just physical. Right. How does that impact your interactions with them? Like on a, in, like, in the hallway or in a classroom or in a one-to-one meeting in your, in your office? Uh, kids know what to expect from me um, when we interact, whether it's um, an educational opportunity in the classroom or a learning opportunity in my office, something where we can grow. Uh, but we start with what, what Wendy was saying, and, and we start with identity. Um, who are you? And if you ask any of our students on our campus who can talk, they, <laughs> they will, oh, some of our younger ones still they struggle, but as, as, but they can for, do sign language to Jesus do, loves me. Yeah, they can do sign language. Yeah. <laughs> but they know that they're a dearly loved child of God. So we start with identity first, and and that identity piece is so important for people of all ages. People are asking, "Who am I? Dearly loved child of God. Why am I here? To love God by loving others." And and, and we do that on our campus, and, and students know that. For me, they know that I'll stop and pray with them if I need to help them about a decision that they made that didn't turn out so good in the classroom or in the, on the playground, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about our identity, and we're also going to ask God for help in living out that identity each and every day. Um, students on our campus, we say, have a great day in the Lord. Um, and, and two years old on up, they're saying, have a great day in the Lord, Mr. Brown or Miss Wendy. <laughs> but they know that Jesus is always with them and in the Lord, even when the day didn't go so well for me, it was a great day because I was with him. 
Yeah. And, and he and he never leaves or forsakes. So it's it's a mindset that that um, that scripture gives us. And and you you know where's the confidence? I'm not giving them Eric Brown's philosophy. I'm giving them God's truth. And so mm-hmm. it's you know, and they know that. So so you think that people who are listening out there, they're you know maybe they're they don't work at a school. Right. <laughs> uh, most of them don't. But if they're interacting with like their own children, their own loved ones, how can they do the same thing that you're doing with reminding about their identity? Like, what what are what are the words that you would say um, in outside of the school that would follow the same kind of principle? You're making me work, but I'll go back. (laughs) I'll go. You can't. It's not going to come without intention. And so it's going back to what does what does God have to say? And I can't convince anyone mm-hmm. that's that's the Holy Spirit's job to convince them that what God has to say is in fact the truth, mm-hmm. um, but what God has to say about them and what God did to show his love for them. And that's where it all starts and, and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna change hearts. At Christ the King we talk about long term transformation rather than short term change you know mm-hmm. we're, we're transforming over time um when we train kids um when parents train a child in the way he should go it's it's got to be a crock pot crock pot mentality rather than a microwave mentality mm-hmm. it, it takes time um and and consistency um and that's what i would that would say i would tell parents whether i'm at christ the king or or in my neighborhood i don't stop being who i am um and my neighbors know that so we do um, Christ Light for our Bible time, and it's very child-friendly and, and put in context that they can understand. And for parents who maybe aren't necessarily having those conversations or know what to talk about or where to talk about, it has a flyer that always goes home with them. It always includes a song. It always includes a prayer. So even if they don't know where to start, it's a guidance of where they can start with their child. So... It's kind of getting them used to seeing exactly what their child is learning at school and then being able to implement it at home as well. Yeah. So I guess what I'm thinking about, too, now when you're talking about this with the whole idea of the identity, um, you know, what does it mean when you think of yourself? If I think of if you think of yourself as, you know, defined by your job or what grade you're in or something like that. How does, how does that impact your worldview versus if you start with, you know, you're a child of God. How, how, how does that impact your, your outlook? I mean, you still have the same problems. If you're a child of God, it doesn't mean you don't have problems anymore. Absolutely. Right. So how does that change how you died on the cross for our sins? We are all sinners. And I think that's a great place to start in, in everyone. We're all sinful but we can offer forgiveness. And regardless of, of what goes on in life, I am a child of God, and, and God has me. Um, let go and let God is a big one for me. Sometimes I don't understand it, but he does. You know, Working at a Christian school, not only for the children is a blessing, but it is for, for our staff and for adults. I mean, there's many times where um, – I, I can go to Mr. Brown and he, he's got a passage right there for me. Or staff members come to us and we're able to give them, you know, let's sit down and let's talk about it. And, and here's a great Bible verse. Um, I had a teacher, you know, this past year that was having some struggles. And the next day she walked into her classroom and I had Bible verses on her wall. And it just, it just meant 
a, a lot to her. So just remembering that we all go through those times, but it's but we all are brothers and sisters, and we're all a, a child of God. Yeah. Do you think it's more common that people need to be told they're doing something wrong, or they need to be lifted up? Oh, I think we should lift everyone up. <laughs> I think I think the the whole world needs a lot more of lifting up. Yeah, and they 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 usually know when they're falling short already. And I think it's our job too to help lift them up. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> that's kind of what this show is all about, um, that increasing people's faith and kind of keeping that bigger perspective of their, you know, your role in your relationship with God strengthens the whole community. And I think that, um, what you guys are doing at the school, I think is, is a big part of that. So, um, thank you very much for being on the show and joining me and talking to, uh, all the listeners out there. Um, again, Eric Brown, principal at Christ the King Academy in year six at the school. Um, full disclosure, one of my children was a preschooler there as they well. Um, and Wendy Wright, director of Early Childhood Center at Christ the King. Thank you as well. And if anyone's interested, they can absolutely go to our website as well. We are currently enrolling um, for our ECC next year. We have spots in our ones and VPK. Perfect. Very good. Thank you so much. And thanks again to our sponsors, Douglas Property and Development. Big John's Appliances and Stevenson Wilcox and Associates. You can check out the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and we'll see you next week.